Welcome back to the Vleet Street Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Van Vleet. Um, before we get started, jump on the socials, give us a like and a follow at Vleet Street underscore podcast. Um, also subscribe and rate and review all that fun stuff on whatever podcast app you're listening to. Um, all that stuff really helps us um, get out there a bit more. Um, we are selling merch for the month of September. Um, I decided that we we're going to do this every second month. So every second month is going to be a new design. Um, they will probably never be repeated again. So be sure you don't miss out. Um, September's design is on the social media um, on our pages. So give us a send us a message with what size you want and all that stuff. All the prices are there. And we're also going to give a free one, a free one away um, to anyone who takes a screenshot of them listening to the podcast. Uh, it doesn't have to be this episode. It can be their favorite episode, and we'll pick one lucky winner. Um, to get a free t-shirt there, free Elite Street t-shirt. How good. Um, <clears throat> quick shout out to the sponsors. We've got Quad Squad. Uh, if you need a race engine built for your motocross bike, your ATV or your side-by-side, or you need your suspension finally tuned, um, go hit up Adam Smens about the Quad Squad. He's built every engine I've ever raced on, um, and it's never let me down. So go check out Adam at Quad Squad Performance. Um, and tell him that you heard about him through the Vleet Street Podcast. Next up, we've got Fastco Australia. That's F-A-S-S-T-C-O-Australia.com.au. Um, they've got some cool things in there for sale. And use the Vleet Street discount um, code Vleet Street 2020 all caps. And get a sweet discount on a set of flex bars, some foot pegs, a spoke tool. Um, pretty much anything they sell on the website. So go check it out. They've got some really cool stuff. Next up, Creative 48. That's my company. We do signs, we do wraps, we do printing, and we do events. So if you need help with any of those things, um, hit me up at Creative 48 on the socials. Next up, Van Vliet Racing. Um, my brother Jake and Cooper have launched a new website with a parts finder. And so anything you want for your quad, you can basically buy there from vanvleetracing.com.au. Go check it out. Use the discount code VleetStreet2020 and, and get a sweet deal on some new Nerf bars or anything like that for your quad. Then we've got All4FMX, Australia's only freestyle ATV team. Um, we're not allowed to do shows at the minute because of COVID-19, but when we're back doing shows, um, be sure to come check us out. Check us out doing backflips on quads. Only guys in Australia doing it. And last but not least, we've got Native Concepts. You need some motocross graphics. Um, for your bike, go check out nativeconcepts.com.au. Yeah, there we go. With that out of the way, um, yeah, this episode of the podcast, we've got Josh Proctor from Pro Tracks. Now, he's built pretty much every supercross track you've seen in Australia um, in the last couple of years. He worked at um, OzX Open. He helped build that track. He's built um, all the pro guys, their private tracks. He built a track for Jack Miller, um, the MotoGP rider. And, yeah, he lives He lives in a caravan or a fifth wheeler, um, as you'd call a big 30-foot uh, motorhome there that connects to the back of his ute with his family with his wife jess and his son nash and uh, they're living the dream um so that being said let's get into it this is a fleet street podcast coming at you Look bleak. Why feel like 
get into it. Josh Proctor on the Vleet Street Podcast, the owner of Pro Tracks. How's it going, man? Yeah, good, bud. Uh, thanks for having me on. No, nah, no worries, no worries. So, um, like I said, you're the owner of Pro Tracks. You just want to tell the listeners what Pro Tracks is? Uh, we're basically just a motocross, supercross track building company. Um, we just yeah, base ourselves all around the country. We don't really have a base. We sort of live on the road, so we're not restricted to one area or another. So yeah, yeah we definitely. We're going to get into that because, um, yeah, you're actually living in a caravan. Well, that's what it looks like on social media, but, yeah, you're living in a caravan, traveling around the country. Um, so we'll yeah. get into that a bit more. But um, how did you get into, like, earth-moving equipment and stuff like that? Were you, were you always – was that always your job um, before building tracks? Were you always in, in, in machinery? No, not at all, man. Like, I, I am a bricklayer by trade, so – Laid bricks for 10 years, um, sort of done my apprenticeship and went out on my own when I was 19 doing that. So, completely different thing. But I suppose I got into machines um, just out of the local motocross club, really. Like, I was sort of sick of riding, you know, just crap back then. And I said, oh, well, the only way to sort of do it is to jump on their committee and sort of teach myself. And, a couple of guys down there that were willing to teach me a few things here and there, and that's where I, I drove my first machine when I was 18. I think it was. Yeah, true. So you don't come from like a like a civil background of building roads and doing earthworks and stuff like that. You've just always done tracks. Yeah, no, none of that. Like if you go ask me to do, I don't know something on the Westgate Tunnel or whatever. Like I had no idea. Be out of my comfort zone for sure. But yeah, I've just only been tracks. Um, yeah, I've sort of been lucky like that, I suppose. That's awesome. <laughs> That's real cool. <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's cool. Um, yeah, so, so bricks to, to tracks. It's, a, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So you come from a motocross background, like you race locally and all that stuff, and so you've always been interested in in motocross. Yeah. And then you've pretty much just turned like every kid's dream, or every kid when they're a kid, every motocross kid would always, if they're at the beach or in a sandpit or something, would build tracks. Or even when you're at the tracks, you build tracks with your hands in the dirt. And, mm-hmm. you, and you've and you turned that into a career. That's cool. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. Like, I'd never, no way I ever thought that there'd be enough work to do this just for a living. Like, I thought, yeah, maybe, you know, a track here and there. But, I don't know, to be able to just only do tracks and nothing else, like, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool and... I've pretty much got to pinch myself sometimes, uh, you know, just, yeah, I'm just amazed that I've been able to make it happen, really. Yeah, 100%. So, when did that happen for you? When did you realize that this could be a full-time gig? Like, when when so, was bricklaying um, well, not as busy yeah, as the track building? Well, the bricklaying was always busy like that, you know. I wouldn't be where I am without it, um, let's be honest, like... It got me to where I am, and I bought my first bobcat and that from laying bricks. Like, um, so yeah, uh, I'm happy with my, uh, how it all started, sort of thing. But the turning point was in 2018. Um, it just got too much. Like I couldn't keep doing both. Like I had um, workers working for me, and I'd just be going away all the time just to build tracks, and I just couldn't. It wasn't sustainable to do both all the time. Yeah, um, it was just too hard to trust. Not so much trust, but just. Keep an eye on the brickwork. That's it. You lose their... Um, the, yeah. You, it's just too hard to do both. So I just have to make the call. And um, lucky enough at the time, you know, Ride Park said that they would... Yeah, Robert Ride Park said that 
yeah, that give me some work down there. And then they were all there for, for a couple of months. And then that was it. We just had, just keep doing our own stuff, really. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's hard to keep that quality control um, when you're not around in the business and you're putting a lot of um, almost pressure on, on the guys that are running it for you because at the end of the day, it's not their business. So they, they don't they don't have the attachment to it that you do. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like I was lucky enough to have my uh, little brother working for me too, so he kept an eye on most of it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it was still pretty hard like that just to do both and yeah come to a point in time where I just enough, enough's enough and yeah, we just went balls deep in and just made projects work, I suppose. Yeah, that's wicked. Wicked. Um, sweet. So, um, you, you've you gone full-time. When when did like the big the big names and the big tracks come, come to you? Like, did they come to you? Like, for instance, like Adam Bailey with OzX Open, does he contact you? Um, um, or were you reaching out trying to get work and stuff like that? No, I, I never really reached out to them guys. Like, you know, they had their builders at the time and yeah. whatnot. Um, I think the turning point was in 2018. Um, I jumped off a, off a plane at Melbourne Airport just from doing the uh, Australian Junior titles down in Penguin and Tassie, doing the track stuff for them. And um, I had even missed calls on my phone, so I, I rang the promoter. It was, uh, it was actually Mark Peterson. Yeah, and the um, the track builder that I had uh, pulled the pin. Uh, I don't know if I correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was about nine days out from the event. Yeah. So I said, yeah, you know what? Let's make it happen. Shuffle some stuff around, and then just because I didn't say no, and I said, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do it, we'll do it, and it's sort of yeah, it just snowballed from there, really. Yeah, so true. Just, just let you know, just help them out because they were, they were stuck they had no one to do it so we ended up doing two rounds of the series for Pedo that year yeah and then um, I jumped on with uh, Brooksy's crew for uh, Bailey's event in New Zealand as well yeah so I, I wouldn't say I so much chased them but I sort of um, yeah and I think it, it helps with you know obviously knowing my wife and her background at the gas imports like She's you know, got a lot of contacts with Bailey and that through the years, so that probably definitely played a role in us you know, getting the gig, essentially, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and having having a wife that is in the industry um, also be a graphic designer and worked with branding with some big companies and stuff like that, that's definitely got to help um, yeah, being, being a small business that. coming up. Like, if you look through your Instagram, it's pretty, it's pretty schmick. Yeah, no, she... Um, yeah, she, she definitely uh, controls all that and she does an awesome job. Like, oh, I wouldn't be aware I am today without her. Let's, <laughs> I don't know, it's just the amount of stuff she's done for, for, for me and us has just been unreal. Um, it's definitely helped us get to where we are with you know, with her work in the past and, and whatnot in the industry. It's, yeah, it's played a massive role in what we do now. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, and then... I think it was last year. You built a track for Jack Miller, the MotoGP rider. Yeah, yeah. Um, how does that come about? Like, does he go... Oh, oh Jack, just, Jack just hit us up on Instagram. He just yeah. sent me a message and... Um, Says, I want a Supercross track. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He, uh, he was thinking of um, actually racing Melbourne Supercross. Yeah. So, he wanted to do OzX. And he goes, well, I might as well get the guys doing the track. And, you know, we actually did a, a replica of the track for him. Um, 
just so we could have a play around and get his feet wet, I suppose. Yeah. And he was going to decide if he was going to race it or not. So we're sort of lucky we're going up that way. We worked our way up the East Coast last year. Um, so we're heading up that way anyway. And it was just an extra, uh, I think it was like five or six hour drive, just a bit further from where we're going. Um, but yeah, we just made it happen. Yeah, true. So he just yeah. hits you up on, on Instagram. <laughs> Next thing you know, yeah. you're building oh, a track. Into the DMs yeah. And, yeah, we just got it all sorted for him. That's cool. And it, and it was a replica of the, the Melbourne AusX Open for that year. Yeah, basically. Like, without the start straight, we just ran all the lanes. Yeah. Um, all, the same, all the same combos in that for him, so we had a feeling of what he was going to be riding on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what we sort of worked off. And, yeah, he was... Um, he helped us out. He sat in the water truck and kept the dirt wet for us. And yeah, he's a good fellow, just like one of the boys. So yeah, that's that, it. Yeah, good time up in Townsville. Yeah, yeah, because he's yeah he's up up north there in Queensland, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, just up in Townsville. It's not nice part of the world, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And so, when you're building these tracks, like, where does the creativity come from, like? Do you look at the the rider that you're building a track for and go, rider, he's pretty good. We can put in some pretty cool sections here, or yeah, yeah. do you go um, off skill based, or how, how do you come yeah, up with these ideas? It definitely depends on who we're catering for. Um, if it's like a you know, beginner rider, obviously we'll we'll build some stuff that he can jump straight away, and then we obviously don't want them to get bored, so we'll just build stuff that they can keep progressing and keep getting better. Um, I don't want to build something to go to jump first day and then get sick of it in two weeks because it's, you know, really, we have no job problem then. So, um, just goes up skill level. Like, I'll ask the client, you know, if it's down here in Melbourne, if they're where they've ridden, um, how they've gone, if they've jumped everything there. And I can sort of get a good basis of it from that. And then we just sort of create from there and we sort of ask the client, what they what they're looking for for the track, uh, if they've got any ideas and inputs that they really want, and then we just sort of put our own spin on, on things as well. Yes, yeah, wait. Is there anything that you've wanted to build that hasn't come to light or didn't work? Um, look, definitely in the early days, you're like, oh, yeah, that should work pretty good, and then you're like, uh, what am I doing? You change it, but that's just all part of the learning process, you know. Um, just, just keep watching um, from, you know, other tracks and see what works there. It's just everything's always changing. Like, you know, yourself and the motocross track, like from one day it could be you know, easy to hit this jump out of a turn. The next day it could be hard. It just depends on conditions. Like there's so many different variables that you've got to take into consideration when you're building these trucks for these people. Um, but, yeah, we just try and just keep it safe for everyone, man. Like, I don't want to have a phone call some kid broke his leg. Um, the first day they rode the track, like that's not enjoyable for them. So, no, 100%. Yeah, it's just been a big learning process and, yeah, just keep getting better and better and yeah, try and better every track like, you know, from the last one we've built. Yeah, 100%. So, um, you're building all these tracks and everything. Like, how long does it take to build a track? Like, obviously it varies, but like, how, like, when you're taking in bookings, how long do you uh, set aside? Um, it really depends, man. Like sometimes we can bang out like a junior truck in like you know, three, four days. Um, depends if they've got material there. We got to generate it off the property. 
Um, so there's a whole heap of different variables. It depends how big of a track and what their budget is, I suppose. But I've sort of been trying to just maybe lock in like a maximum three to four a month. And then some months we might only do one, depends on the project. Yeah. So, yeah, like at the moment we're doing one for the Wyndham City Council. Um, it's got like a new ride park for them. It's called City MX. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been there for you know, four or five weeks. So it just really depends on the current project that we're working on. But, yeah, I'll try and at least, I'd say probably seven days, like an average build. Yeah. Yeah, nah, sweet. Well, that's cool. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> with the COVID nineteen at the minute, are you locked into Victoria? Um, I suppose we are. We haven't tried to get permits to cross the border. Um, yeah, we've got enough work down here to probably out for the rest of the year if that's what happens with the border restrictions. Yeah. Um, the bummer bit is that, like, although we live on the road. Our residential address is in metropolitan Melbourne, so we're still in the stage four lockdowns. Oh, true. Um, so that makes it a little bit harder, but because it's for, let's say, construction, we can still sort of travel a bit more, but I haven't sort of tried to push the border restrictions, but it has played a part. Like, we're meant to be up in Dubbo at the moment doing a couple of supercross tracks up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, oh, it is what it is, man. Like, there's no point. Over it, so. Yeah, well, that's it. Everyone, <laughs> everyone's in the same boat. Oh, at least we, we can keep working. Like he's got that positive out of it. A lot of people don't have a job. Yeah, and they're just sitting at home. So you know, we're pretty thankful to be able to keep doing what we do when we've got enough work. Yeah, in Victoria to see us there for the rest of the year. If you know, that's what happens with the restrictions. Yeah, hundred percent. Now we've mentioned a couple of times you're living in a caravan. Yeah, um, or so, a, it's a fifth wheeler sort of thing, isn't it? Or is it yeah, a caravan? It's a th- yeah, 33 foot fifth wheeler that yeah. slips in the back of a F250. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty decent setup. Yeah, true. And now, uh, for some people, that would be living the dream. Other people probably couldn't stand living in a in a in a trailer. But um, it looks like you guys are living the dream. Has it has it been tough at all living in such a confined um, space? Especially you're a new, like a young new family. You got a little Nash there, who's yeah, oh, probably. Yeah. Probably getting close to one or two now. Yeah, he's like, he's about eighteen months old. Like yeah, he's, he's two in February, so it goes quick. But I wouldn't say I'm sick of it. Like I, de- I enjoy having the family around. Like right, before we were done this, I was never home. Like the first, oh, I'd say eight weeks of Nash's life, I was, I was maybe home for two, two to three weeks of it. Like I was just always away, um, obviously doing what we do. Like, I don't have heaps of work around where we're, we're living in back of Smash, so we just, yeah, funny enough, um, just joked around that, hey, look, I'd rather live in a caravan and, and come with you than, you know, do this life while I'm pretty much a single mum. So, yeah, we we literally, the next week, the house was on the market and it was sold. We sold it pretty quick, but, yeah, I could say you, some people live in the dream, Um it's pretty, we're pretty lucky, it's pretty spacious, like it's 33 foot, so we got, you know, a main bedroom for us, and little Nash has got his own bedroom, so, yeah, I don't know, it does get cramped sometimes, but because we're always out and about, you're only really going back in there to, to sleep, and, you know, if it's pretty shitty weather outside, maybe eat dinner inside, like, yeah, we're always outside and out and about, but, yeah, it's a pretty cool lifestyle on the road, that's for sure. 
Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's to uh, that in my eyes, that's living the dream. You just just out on the road, just traveling around from job to job, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty lucky that, that Jess actually drives that for us. Yeah. Um, so she drives the, the fifth wheeler and that, and then I'll um I'll drive the semi with the machines on the back. So I'm pretty lucky to have a, an amazing wife that actually wants to drive that and actually wants to live on the road with us. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Uh, yeah. A lot of other you know, people probably wouldn't enjoy it too much, but like we said earlier, we're just lucky that she's been in the industry and she knows what it takes. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, well, we're we're building. Me and my wife are building a motorhome at the minute. Um, it's probably roughly the same size, but it's a bus. Yeah, um, thir- yeah, thirty-three feet. Um, and we're decking it out, but. I don't think I could convince her to my wife to, to live in it. We could. It's a, it's definitely a um a novelty holiday, and yeah, and, and go yeah. to events in. But um I don't I don't yeah. think I'll be able to convince her to live in it for any longer than a couple months. I don't reckon. Yeah, yeah, it takes a special kind of person. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you're living on on top of each other. Not only that, but. Even just, you know, say living in a house with a little man could just run around and do whatever. Like he's sort of, if it's a shitty day outside, he's just cooped up and that's probably the only downfall of it. But, yeah. Um, you look at the positives, they far outweigh the negatives. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it works for us at the moment and we'll keep doing that until Nash is ready to go to kinder or school, you know, we'll just end up settling down somewhere. And yeah, um, I think they'll still keep coming with me. You know, they might you know, over school holidays or, or whatever, but, yeah, I think we'll take, make, make the most of it while he's, you know, he's small, so. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So, how, like, obviously this year's a bit different with COVID-19, but last year, how many tracks um, did you build in how many different states, if you know off the yeah, top of your head? I think it was about 32 or three tracks we built last year. Yeah. Um, in that range from... Yeah, we did Supercross in Adelaide to a few in Victoria and then worked our way up the East Coast from, you know, through New South Wales and, and Queensland and, you know, Miller's was the last one before Supercross, so um, it sort of told out, all right, we can come back down to Brisbane and, and start round one last year. Um, yeah, but it was about a total of 32 or 33 tracks last year. Yeah, 100%. So, and what do you prefer, um, building motocross tracks or Supercross? Um, Supercross tracks are like, they're, they're pretty enjoyable when, uh, say so you're building up private property. Yeah. So you can take a little, little bit more time. And, yeah, like, not like you've got like a day to build it in a stadium. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like the Supercross series, that's, yeah, it's a massive effort to put that together, not only for the promoters, but just to get the track building time as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do enjoy the motocross tracks as well. If I, you know, there's some jobs where, you know, especially the farmers as well. Some of the farmers got big, big scrapers behind tractors that they give you a job out. And you can move some bulk dirt and build some pretty cool stuff as well. So it just, I, don't know, I like a mix of everything really. Like it's, yeah, I'm never bored of building a motocross track or a supercross track. Like it's all, all enjoyable. Like at the end of the day, mate, I come from laying bricks, so. If I can lay, sit there and lay, or stand there and lay bloody bricks all day it's um, and not get too bored of that, I'm pretty sure I can you know, build motocross tracks for a living and not get bored either. Yeah, 100%. Well, even like every track's pretty much is different. Like even though you built 
Jack Miller replica track of Melbourne Oz X. Mm-hmm. Um, it was still it still had to be a little bit different, different dirt, different environment. Yeah. You're outside, not in a stadium. So, well, well even just for, for for Marvel, like we had to build it all with um, you know skid steers, like Bobcats. Yeah, like Millers I like, built with Mendoza, and we had a loader of Dozer, uh, and excavator, and the Bossy. Like, yeah, it's just a whole different way of building things, and you know, and the time frame too. So, yeah, it is completely different. Although it's a replica track. It, yeah, it's like way different in a sense. Yeah, 100%. So, um, what is the time frame at OzX? So, OzX, I'm pretty sure Thursday after about 4 o'clock, the first lot of dirt started rolling in. Yeah. Had you yeah. already got all the, the um, like the temp floor and all that down before that? Yeah, so the, G- the GO5 and the and the um, high boards were going down. I'm pretty sure they started about two o'clock. So yeah, um, we we split into two, two different crews for that. So the first crew done the done the um the base on the floor, and then um my my crew for the build we went overnight and and we built the build crew essentially I suppose. And we, we started building the track yeah like at ten o'clock that night. So we um we had to run 24 hours a day um, for Ozx. Yeah, that's insane. I remember, I remember seeing you guys when we were packing up. I, I did a freestyle show at Geelong, um, yeah. and we were packing up. And I, I remember asking, I don't know if it was you or, or the other bloke, if um, I said, "Oh, what time are you guys finishing tonight?" <laughs> you replied, "When it's gone, when all the dirt's out, and it's back to a football oval." I was like, "Oh shit, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's so probably going to be tomorrow like sometime." <laughs> Exactly right. So the thing with those stadiums is the longer it's on the turf, like the less likely the grass is going back going to grow back, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the more time it's on there, it's gonna die. Um, so the quicker, quicker we can get it off, yeah, the better the promoter and also the guys that do a lot of work on the on the turf. Yeah, because they'd pro- they'd have contracts in place for like protection of the grass and and stuff like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, Melbourne was, yeah, it was pretty hectic, hey. So I think we're just lucky that the guys at AME, like Bailey and Sando, were, you know, pretty understanding that we needed such a big crew to make it happen. Yeah. Um, and they were awesome to deal with for that. So you know, there was, at the end of the day, there was nine of us doing that build. Um, yeah. So we had, we had five on the first crew and four on the build crew. Um, yeah, so, yeah, felt they were really good and, Yeah, well, that's it. Well, they had to put all them freaking acro props and stuff in under the car park to allow for the yeah. extra, the extra weight of the dirt and yeah, man, right. big effort. Oh, it's a massive effort. Take my hats off to those boys. Like, it's it's a massive effort, and it was awesome for the sport here. Um, yeah, you know, it's such a shame that it couldn't happen again this year. But uh, hopefully, we will bounce back and it'll be bigger and better next year. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, um, 
hopefully a positive outcome out of Corona as everyone realizes um, what 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 we've what we've missed this year and 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 yeah. hopefully they uh, no one takes it for granted and everyone starts to su- su- supporting events like that um, more so and even though it was pretty much sold out it's it's still good to to see the the motocross industry booming like that and and it'll be it'll be wicked if it gets back to that or even bigger yeah 100 percent. like you know you hear of you know record bike sales going on the last few months like i'm sure people are gonna you know, come out and support it a bit more if, you know, it's pretty hard to buy a brand new bike at the moment like everything, everyone's out of stock so if you've got that many people riding well hopefully they um you know to come out and support the events, not just for Bailey as well, but all, all the other ones around the country too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, like uh, yeah, Peto's events are pretty good as well. Mike Peterson's, like I've yeah. been involved in a couple of them, and yeah, it's just cool to see Supercross getting up there again. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like they're definitely going in the right direction. You know, so, uh, this year would have been another bumpy year, but you know, we'll reset and go again next year, and hopefully be bigger and better than. What it was in um, 2019. Yeah, 100. So um, you, you mentioned that you drive a semi from track to track. What's yeah. on What's on the back of that semi? What machines are you so lugging got, around? Yeah, so I got a 45 foot drop deck that I um, trailer. So on that I put my Bobcat, so a quasi track on the top deck, and then got a D5 dozer, and then I fit another car, also Jess's car, on the back of that as well. Yeah. So wherever we go, we've got two cars. So yeah, you got to run around car as such. Yeah, you don't have to drive so a big I, I F truck. To and from work. Yeah. And she can still run around as well. So it works out pretty good like that. It's just we just squeeze it on, but it works for us. Um, yeah. It's, I don't know. It's just the only way to do it. Like have both cars there. Like if something happens, God forbid, that you know, no one's stuck anywhere. Um, that was the biggest thing about doing it, is just have that extra car. But, yeah, we put the Bobcat and Dozer on there, and, yeah, from where we go. Yeah, sweet. So, um, you travel around, you stay at caravan parks. What are caravan parks like at the minute, considering no one can really go on holiday? So, is it just a bunch of road workers and you guys there, or...? Um, yeah, you got a lot of um, people, sort of, a lot of older generation do what we do, and they travel on the roads. So you met a lot of... A lot of them. Yeah. But there, are, there are a lot of construction workers, you know, doing roadworks and all that sort of stuff in the towns. Yeah. Um, you see a lot of them too. Um, they sort of keep themselves and they're, they're bucked up in the cabins and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, sort of. It is a lot quieter, let's, let's say. Yeah, 100%. Sure. Yeah. Well, all the grey nomads should be up in if they're following trends, they should be up north somewhere because they don't normally they don't normally hang around for the Melbourne be. winter. No, exactly right. And that, that's what we're hoping to do this year as well. Like, we've done that last year. We sort of escaped winter. Yeah. And um, we went up north, so that was definitely the way to do it. Um, but I think with the border restrictions too, they're sort of stuck down here as well. So yeah. They can't sort of just travel up there. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, it's been wow, crazy, man. So um, how do people... Like, book in? Like, do they just send you a message on Instagram? Yeah, you can send a message on Instagram. You can um, jump on our website, which is Um 
yeah, Instagram, Facebook, shoot us an email, info at projects.com.au. Yeah. Um, trying to get back to you as soon as possible. Um, sort of taking bookings for September next year at the moment. Yeah, so you um, booked out that far in advance, are you? Yeah, that far in advance. So that's not that's a that's not a bad money. that's not a bad problem to have. No, it's definitely not a bad problem, but it's it's sort of hard when you know a new client or customer gives you a call and you're like, oh, they, they go, oh, when can we get in? I'm like, oh, you know, August, September next year. I'm like, oh, yeah, you, know, you, you can sort of hear the heartbreak in their voice, you know? Like, yeah. Sort of hoping it's for little Johnny's birthday or or Christmas or something like that, you know what I mean? But, yeah, it's sort of, it's a hard one, but, you know, it's good for us, I suppose. Yeah, 100%. And you sell merch on that website too, eh? Like, you got some yeah. some merch yeah, and stuff. Yeah, all over that. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah she'll um, you order on there, you can get a hoodie, hat, t-shirt, all that sort of stuff. And, yeah. Um, she sends it out the next day, so... She keeps that pretty well run and, and stocked up. So, yeah, just chuck on the website if you want to get any of that sort of stuff on. So, yeah. Oh, sweet. Well, I've pretty much covered all my questions here, man. Yeah, sweet. Thanks heaps for um, coming on the on the podcast. We appreciate it. We appreciate every guest we can we can get. So, uh, thank you. Thanks for having me on and reaching out and yeah, letting us sort of tell our story. I suppose. Nah, well, that's it, man. It's yeah. It's always been. I've always been interested. Like, well, obviously. Uh, with your pod, um, well, not with your podcast, your Instagram. Like, Jess does a sick job. Like, you must be OCD with how you prep. Like, the tracks look smick. Yeah, like, there's not I a, there's not a, a yeah, hundred percent. And and oh, uh, one last question. Um, yeah. obviously, dirt. It's not concrete. It doesn't last forever. So yeah. how 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 long are these? Like, how long do your tracks? Uh, how long before you have to go back and give it a touch up? It really depends, like, on the, the type of dirt. Yeah. Um, you know, if you like a really hard clay, it'll last longer, but it's going to be pretty ordinary to ride if you don't have nothing to prep it with, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, well, that's um, it, yeah. So, I'm guessing if once you build something, the people, they can maintain it. Uh, if they make, do a good job maintaining it, um, it can probably, yeah, probably last a long time. Yeah, Yeah, for sure, but it really depends on the amount of traffic you have on it, too. Yeah. So, if it's only... For, that family will have a few friends around it's going to last a lot longer but if you're going to be using it as a raw facility then obviously it's going to blow, blow apart pretty quick yeah 100 uh, percent. yeah so i don't know every, everything's different um yeah, it just depends on the dirt quality or, or different type of dirt and then yeah, the amount of traffic on it and yeah whether or not they ride it in wet conditions or not too you know if you go and it's you know they've had 20 or 30 mil of rain and they decide to ride that day Shit ends up everywhere, so yeah, yeah, true. So, many, so many different variables. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Well, that's awesome, man. Thanks heaps for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, uh, you you want to give the Instagram another another shout out? Yeah, there for... so, yeah. Instagram is just um, Protrax underscore Oz. Yeah, um, as yeah, Protrax with two two X's on the end. Yeah, two X's yeah. on there. Um, yeah, I'll, that's where you'll find it. Yeah, uh, I'll put a link so in the in the show notes as well, so people can jump on there, and I uh, even yeah the website as well, so people can check out the merch. There's some cool. I just looked at it before. There's some cool stuff on there. I reckon I'm going to get myself a windbreaker. I reckon. No, I swear. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, all good, man. Well, yeah. Thanks, Eves, for coming on the podcast, man. I really appreciate uh, it. 
Cheers, mate. Enjoy the rest of your night. Cheers, mate. See ya. And there we have it, Josh Proctor from ProTracks Australia. Um, jump on their Instagram pro, at ProTracks. That's T R A X X underscore Oz um, A A U S. And yeah, you'll see what I mean by that OCD comment. These tracks are absolutely smick as. Um, so jump on there, give them a like, go on their website, um, support them, small businesses. Um, we're all about some supporting small businesses. So yeah, yeah, absolutely killing it. Living a living the living the dream in the caravan there, um, with his little family. So yeah. That being said, thanks for tuning in, guys. Remember, like, subscribe, give us a five star rating if you're Apple. Let's see to do it. Um, we appreciate all that stuff. We've got some merch out as well. Um, so jump on the Instagram, check out the Vleet Street Podcast tee out for September. Uh, send me a message um, to get a hold of one. And yeah, so yeah, jump on yeah on the socials at Vleet Street underscore podcast. Um, till next time, cheers.